Well, would like to speak with us, speak to us about the word ask. You know, it's a, it's a very simple word. It's a three-letter word that I'm sure we are familiar with, not necessarily as a word, but in what we do. Because the, we are asking questions and inquiring about things all the time. You know, what's the temperature? <laughs> you know, what, is it going to rain today? Is it going to be sunny today? What time does church start again? Uh, <laughs> we ask different questions in different ways. But uh, I thought of, I looked up the definition. There are three basic definitions to the word ask. And I was surprised at how these questions, the, the answers to this word ask, are related in Scripture. So the word ask, first of all, is to say or write something to someone as a way of gaining information. So we want to gain information to request an answer to a question. So that's the first one. The second is to tell someone in the form of a question that you want to be given something. So you want something, so you ask for it. Or that you want something to happen, or you're requesting something to come to you. The third one is to invite someone to go somewhere or do something. Okay? So we've all asked questions. We've all have, hopefully, uh, we have inquiring minds, and it's not just a newspaper ad, uh, that we want to know, we want to know information. And in our lives, we should never stop learning. (laughs) We should never stop learning. Because when we stop learning, (laughs) we're we're starting to fail. And and we're not, you know, our minds and our, our spirits and everything continue to decline, and we get stuck in some of our Sometimes some of our um, least favorite things we get stuck in. You know, I was thinking of the word pride as we were sitting here. Um, I was thinking of the word pride, and then uh, uh, there's another word that comes along that says divine favor. And whenever we think of divine favor and how that favor, the divine favor replaces pride in our life. Pride, there's, there's a good, we talked about this, uh, I think, last week or the week before. We spoke about pride, and there is a very healthy pride that we are to have. And God is proud of us as his creation. So that's a good type of pride. But in the, in the, in the, sometimes whenever we take pride in a negative manner, we are being boastful or thinking that we are better than someone else. Well, if we take that pride, God wants us to do away with that type of, I'm better than anyone. God wants that to be taken away from our life. But what do we put in place of that? And and how do we allow ourselves in relationships to become, for the relationship to grow and become greater? Well, there is a, think of it, I think of it in the context of a divine favor, that God blesses us with a, a divine specialness a divine uniqueness that each one of us possess so that everything I think about myself as being good in my relationship with God and the divine favor that I have with God, I see it as a way of imparting that to someone else. This pride says, this is me and I'm alone in this. Divine favor is, I'm uh, with God in this and so are you. So this divine favor that God wants to instill in our hearts and lives then gives us a perspective of, not, of, of something that I want to share. Do you realize how blessed we are? 
Do you realize how good God is to us? Do you see God's hand working in your life? Because as we see this, we talk about it, and the same thing that God is with me, he is with you. (laughs) So pride says, well, I'm special, and I don't know about you. Favor says, I'm special, and I know you are too. So that as children of God, we have this favor. As, As children of God, we have this relationship with God that doesn't quit And God doesn't stop teaching us. God does not stop leading us. So if we find ourselves in difficulty, it doesn't mean God has left us. It means that God is doing something different in our lives. He's getting our attention. Life is getting our attention. And no matter where we feel, no matter where we feel we are at, and whether we feel that it's a good or a bad situation, we come back to divine favor. We come back to the idea that God is at work in my life and that we are asking God for wisdom and power and that we are thanking him because in thanksgiving, our perspective changes. Whenever we are thankful that God is with us and that we are thankful for the situation we find ourselves in, We are then thanking God for taking care of, God for blessing, God for working out what needs to be done. So we are allowing God's divine favor, presence, spirit, love to continue to develop and unfold who we are. So in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, whenever we are asking a question when we're asking God. Our asking is not the same as a non-believer. <laughs> okay? When we ask questions, we have a relationship with God that separates us and brings us to a whole different category of asking. You see, when we are asking or saying something to, some, and to someone as a way of gaining information, when we are praying and asking God for divine wisdom, We are gaining information from a divine source that touches our life. But if in that wisdom that God has given to me, God has given this revelation to me, and in that revelation I find myself at odds with someone else and their revelation, then I have taken it to a wrong place. Because even if their revelation is different, God still calls for me to love them. And without love, nothing of, none of the gifts work. The giftings that God has put in our life are for us to take to a place where we are becoming like Jesus. You know, we are becoming like him in his relation experience with people. And who are we to write someone off? You know, there's a conference going on this weekend, the last few weekends in town. And... Uh, I was, uh, I saw their buses this morning, and I, and I thought, you know, and one time, one of the scriptures, one of the readings I was doing was this maybe last week or this week, and it said, who are you to, to scratch someone off of the invitation list to the wedding? <laughs> who am I to say this person 
is not good enough for the kingdom of God. And we are not allowed to scratch anybody off the list. That means every person in our life that we know, that we don't know, that we come in contact with, whether it's the two guys escaped convict from the prison, who are we to scratch their name off of the invitation list to come in to know Jesus Christ as their Savior? We are to pray for them. We are to pray that God use whatever situation it is to stop them in their tracks and for them to see God in a way that changes their life from the inside out. That friends, family, neighbors, people we don't know, people we hear about, rather than passing judgment, we have a divine favor that says they're not beyond the reach of God. Because I'm not beyond the reach of God. So therefore, they are not. I'm not in a place where I am placing condemnation upon someone who is me. I'm in a place of praying that God's revelation would touch their life and where I am that God would continue to lead me step by step to where I need to be. I think of it sometimes that in, in counseling, I always used to use a, a house as an illustration. And... Um, Sometimes we're very familiar with, say, in our house, our life. We have, different, we have different segments of our life. We know we have the eating, we have the family, we have the work, we have the sleep, we have the you know, free time, whatever. We have different time periods of our life and liken that to different times of the day for our life to be lived. And weekends, church, you know, so we don't just become holy on Sunday and forget it on Monday. no. <laughs> So our life then is, you know, like a kitchen, a living room, a bedroom, bathroom, a basement, an attic, all those types of things. Sometimes we are very, very familiar with our part, our room of the house, our, our room, which is what we know very well, what we are comfortable with, with people we are comfortable with, people we are at ease with. That's our room. Might be our living room, might be the kitchen, you know. I know it better. Than and so we, we have that familiarity. But someone comes along and starts talking to us about the living room. They're, what they're describing is the living room. And what happens is we start saying, well, they can't be right. That doesn't belong in a kitchen. <laughs> that doesn't belong in my life. They're, they can't be right because they're describing a living room. And I don't live in a living room because I live in the kitchen. You can tell. Uh, <laughs> but we live in, so our lives then are put in different perspectives. And I often use in the grief journey that we have rooms, upstairs rooms in the hallway, and we have them locked. And there, no one can trespass into those locked rooms. But you know, God is a person, God is a person, and he wants to be involved in every aspect of our life, including those locked up areas. Because in Christ, nothing is hidden. So what we do then is in this hallway where we put on blinders and don't pay attention to the locked doors, we then recognize there are locked doors. And then some period of time later, we unlock them. And then at some period of time later, we open them up and take a peek inside. <laughs> and then at some, time peri some, some period of time later, we let the door open. You know, you have those rooms that you close off when company's coming? <laughs> You don't have them? Okay. 
I won't tell you where ours are. But <laughs> so what happens is when we let those doors open to the things that we have locked up, we allow God to help us go in and pick one thing up and bring it out and deal with it. Then another time we can allow him that we pick something up and deal with it. You see, divine favor is there is nothing coming between us and God. No memory, no event, no locked rooms. So in Philippians, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. God has a way. <laughs> God has a way of allowing us. I prepare lots of stuff. You can ask Brian. I gave him about 10 sets. Of, well, not 10. Maybe five or six sets of scripture. And I probably have another four or five to go with it. And I haven't got to the first one yet. <laughs> and I still got till 12. You know, we start at 10, I finish at 12. Brian, where's my clock? Jose has it. <laughs> yeah, Jose always has a countdown clock, you know, so I know how many minutes I've been speaking. How long have I been speaking? Not a long time. I better get going. <laughs> That's a long time, Pastor. <laughs> You know, can't you tell we're sweating here? Philippians chapter 3, but there's far more to life for us. First of all, let's recognize where we are at is not where we're supposed to end up. There is far more for us to do to become and, and, and you know, arrive at. The, the, this isn't it. It's not over. Life isn't over because you're where you're at. God wants to take us another step at a time. He wants to take us in our development. He wants to take us onward in this relationship that we have with him. So there is more for us and there's more for life to live, more for us to live our life for, however we want to say it, and we want to know this. Don't forget to live today. Don't forget to live for this moment, knowing that we have an eternity with God, we are safe in this moment, and we can live to the next knowing that God is going to direct our steps. Now, we criticize, oh, sorry, let's not criticize. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. Now, we know that when the trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. This body, this mortal, must take on immortality. Now, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in each one of us, and there is a transformation that will take place at some time in the future that will take us, transform us to heaven, heavenly bodies. But this body and mind that we have right now Okay, This body and mind that we have right now is one that is being transformed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in us, and it hasn't yet appeared what we shall be, but we shall be like him. So there is a transformation. <laughs> there is a transformation that God is doing in our lives, and that he is at work helping us in all of this. So, He'll, and what he will he'll do, he'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skills by which he is putting everything as it should be. So with the same skills that God is making everything as it should be in our lives, 
the transformation. It will be with those same skills that he will change us in the, when the trump of God shall sound, when we go to heaven, a new body, a new earth, you know, a new heaven, a new earth. God will do this. So this very same thing that is work, at work in us now is going to be at work in us in the end. So we're not just waiting to get out of here. We are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us to change us from glory to glory. You see, where we're at, if where we are at is not a place of glory, <laughs> well, he wants to take it. If God is at work in my life, how can this not be a place of growth and development and glory? Because we are thankful for it. Let's go on. He'll make us beautiful and whole, powerfully skilled, powerful skilled by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. Our asking is putting everything as it should be. Our asking. <laughs> if you don't ask for it, you don't get it. The Spirit divides the gifts to our life severally as he wills. What are we asking for? You see, we ask differently than a non-believer. And you see, if we are asking from a position of divine favor, this is my dad. <laughs> this is my dad. God. He's my dad. He's my father. How many of you have, you don't have to raise your hands, how many of you have children, grandchildren, and they ask you for something and you are just bubbling over to give it to them? Okay, for the rest of you, you need help. But uh, <laughs> now, we want to get, now, of course, within reason, you know, but the idea is God loves to give to us. Because we're his children and we are under his divine favor. He will give to us according to his will. Now, in Luke chapter 11. Oh, I have a, I have a story before we go to Luke 11. Um, there was a man, he died in poverty. He was a pauper all his life. He died in poverty. And his family went to his apartment to clean out the garbage. And they took most of the stuff, threw it in a dumpster, and he had a painting on his wall. And the, they, the family took the painting to a yard sale, sold it for three bucks or something. And the person who bought it took it to an art gallery. The art gallery gave him $3 million at auction for the painting. It, because it was done by a historic artist and it hung on this man's wall and he was in poverty all his life. And the, and the reason of the story is what he, he was a millionaire, but he didn't realize what he possessed. And in our lives, in this position of relationship with God, God wants to give to us open up the doors of his understanding into our understanding so that we can use the giftings that we have. That we can use the giftings that we have. I don't have time for that story, another story, but what is this? Anybody have an idea? 
as a branch. It's a dead branch. Why is it dead? Because it's been disconnected from its tr trunk. It's pruned. You see, sometimes, I look at it this way. There was life in this branch until it decided, till I decided to cut it off. But in our life, when we decide to cut ourselves off from our relationship with Jesus Christ, we will die. How long does it take to die? Well, for this, it's about, it's about a week now. But it was green for the first few days. There are people's lives that have been disconnected from God. They're still green. <laughs> but they're not connected. And, there are, and when God prunes things from your life, they will die. But that doesn't mean you're dead because you're not this. Because whenever we are connected to Jesus Christ, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whenever we are connected to Jesus, Jesus is at work in us, and the sap that is needed to keep this tree alive has been cut off. And when we allowed God to be part of our life, we are knowing what we are to ask for. The apple tree that I have in my yard, I pruned some of those trees, some of those limbs, and there's apples on them. Those apples are going to die on the vine because they'll never get a chance to mature. There are things that we possess that are going to die inside of us if we don't allow God to speak to our hearts and our lives and that not be caught up with the pruning, but to be caught up with the life that God has given us. Pruning is not, pruning is about future growth. When God prunes something from our life, it's gone. It's going to die. You know, some relationships in our life need to die. Some relationships in our life need to die because they're no longer part of us. But there is relationships in our life that is connected, directly connected to our life in Christ. And those things need to be pruned and made alive and allowing the fruit and the power of the Spirit to flow into our lives. And Jesus asked this, verse, uh, chapter 15 of Matthew. No, excuse me, Luke chapter 11. Ask for what you need. And I want to go to the Lord's Prayer. He says in verse 2, So he says, when you pray, say. Now, I want, to re I want to read the definition of ask. One, to say or write something to someone as a way of gaining information. To request an answer to a question. Okay? To tell someone in the form of a question that you want to be given something or that you want something to happen to request. And the third one is to invite someone to go somewhere or do something. The Message Bible for the Lord's Prayer. Father. That's an address. Addressing someone. Father. Reveal who you are. <laughs> reveal who you are. That's a question. Asking to gain information. Set the world right. Ask. To do something. <laughs> you want God to do something. Keep us alive with three square meals. We're asking God to give us something. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. We're asking God to do something inside of us. Keep us, keep us forgiven 
with you and with others, and keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. It's a request for God to do something. Hmm. Prayer is multifaceted. And then down to verse 9, here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. (laughs) Ask for what you need. Ask for what you need. Pride says, I don't want to ask too much. This is God you're talking to. What are, you, what are you going to ask him for that's too much? Well, I don't want it to be, appear to be too prideful. Does God know your heart? Does God know your heart? Of course he does. So in our asking, we are removing the pride and seeing ourselves as the beneficiary of divine favor. Where favor, God says to you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we have, I mean, the favor of God is upon our lives. And pride does not originate from the Holy Spirit. But the evil one will tempt us with pride to get us to stop asking for what God wants to do in our life because we have a wrong understanding of pride. Now, if in our sense we are saying to God, God, you owe me, it's not it, but we have a divine presence, a divine relationship that God has instituted, God has initiated, God has brought into our life where we are connected, not pruned, not cut off, so here we are, if, if we are connected to the vine, the vine will bring life back to, the fruit, back to the limb. And is it wrong for the limb, if it's an apple tree, to say I need more apples? I need to bear fruit. And in the fruit, how do we know what the fruit is? How do we know what the fruit of the Spirit is in our life? God wants to do something fruitful in your life. What do we need to have to make that fruit continue to grow? Ask. Ask. And you know what? If, it's, if you're asking amiss, wrongly, you're going to feel it in your heart. Not the temptation to be prideful. Throw that out the window. That's not God speaking to you. God wants us to ask. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Knock, it will be opened. You see, asking, the very point of asking is saying we're not prideful. Because pride says, I'm not going to ask anybody. I can do this on my own. (laughs) Grace and mercy, wisdom and power belong to us because we belong to him 
The same spirit that resides in us resides in God. He will open our hearts and minds and we shall receive the blessings of God, the fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. He will empower us, enable us. He will make, give us strength. He will, as your day is, so shall your strength be. Amen? Let's stand. So, if pride is gone, relationship is in present, relationship is in position, what do we need to ask God for? What do we need to ask God for? What stands in the way of us stepping forward in relationships with people and going and doing and all those things? What stands in the way? Take pride, throw it out the window, throw it wherever it is, step on it, and allow the, the divine favor, divine presence of God to initiate the request in your heart. Nothing is off the table. Because what God gives to you you're going to share. See? What God puts in your heart and your life and puts into your life, you're going to end up sharing it because that's what love does. Father, thank you for the gifts you have given us, for the many miracles that stand in front of you today, the miraculous people that can change the world are right here in your presence we can make a difference in the world around us just by a smile and a handshake. Not by the, sometimes by the words we say, sometimes by the deeds we do. It's all open before you, Lord. Flow through us. Flow through us. Flow through us, O oh God. Let us be receptive enough to ask. And as we ask, we shall receive. Amen?